0: Discussion keeps the world turning.
1: This is Roundtable.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you from Beijing, I'm He Young. Good, as always, to have you join us on today's show. Get ready to light up the night because the Lantern Festival is in full swing. Let's mark the grand finale of Chinese New Year festivities. It's a time of joy, tradition, and, of course, dazzling displays of lanterns illuminating the sky. So grab your lanterns, grab your loved ones, and let's immerse ourselves in the magic of this enchanting celebration. And digital dilemmas await. Ever feel overwhelmed by the sheer number of apps vying for space on your mobile phone while simultaneously witnessing the decline of websites? It's a conundrum worth exploring. Let's take a look at the complex interplay between app proliferation, user freedom, and the fate of web apps. For today's program, I'm joined by Yushun in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line first on today's show. The Lantern Festival falls on the 15th day in the first month on the traditional Chinese calendar. It coincides with the first full moon of the year. This festive occasion is marked by the adornment of lanterns and vibrant banners, hence its name in English. Lantern Festival, signifying both the pinnacle and conclusion of the Chinese New Year festivities. This celebration holds deep cultural significance for the Chinese people, and it takes a little bit of explaining to our international audience. Let's get into the historical roots and also the roots of the words. Of Yuan Xiaozi and translated into lantern festival.
0: Mm, so in Mandarin Chinese, it's called Yuan and Yuan means first, and Xiao means the night. So Yuan Xiao means the first night because it's the first time in a year to see a full moon at night. And Chinese people believe that this day represents the awakening of everything, the coming of spring, and a sense of fullness, and it's a day for celebration. So about this origin in um there are many versions of the stories but um, i think most common one uh, is about you know in ancient times a celestial swan was shot by a hunter leading the jade emperor who is the highest god in heaven to avenge the swan and plan humanity's destruction so but in this case celestial beings opposed this and warned the people which means the human. So in response, communities hunt red lanterns and set off fireworks and fool the celestial troops into thinking that Earth was already ablaze. So by using this trick, uh, people successfully tricked the Jade Emperor and humanity was saved from extermination.
2: Wow. Okay, so I guess there's something positive to find out of kind of a violent story, but it's really interesting to look at a lot of these uh, ancient Chinese methodologies and uh, find some inspiration from them. And Josh, you've been uh, on the show for a few years, and... I suppose now you know more about the Yuanxiao Festival. And by the way, Yuanxiao Festival also, if you look at the Chinese, you can think of the great delicacy, which also symbolizes the festival, which we will get into a little bit later. And Josh, um, I want to borrow your wisdom on, you know, some of the things that you associate with uh, the origins of the Lantern Festival.
1: Well, when it comes to the origins of the Lantern Festival, I think that there's a lot of different stories. And it was a little bit confusing for me the first time I heard about this festival when I came to China. And the main sort of correlation that I could find was usually something to do with spring, because we do have our own spring celebrations in the Western world and the coming of spring, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that one origin that I'm familiar with is that the Lantern Festival does symbolize the coming of spring much like in my own culture Easter um, mm. does as well which is a major Christian holiday so I think that's the first thing that I recognized but then of course I started to learn about some of the stories and you shun just mentioned one story and um, maybe you would like me to briefly tell you about another story go ahead um, that I think I think I've learned this from you guys to be honest um and I think it was from one of the earlier shows and so one of the most famous stories is the story of Dongfang Shuo. Did I say that correctly? Yes.
2: Spot on this time. Well done.
1: <laughs> For once, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so This is the story of Dongfang Shuo, who swindled Emperor Wu of the Han Dynasty. This was the seventh emperor of the Han Dynasty in China from 157 to 87 BC. This story is the most legendary, I think, or at least one of them, as there are many. But the story, briefly, I will tell you is that one day, Dongfang Shuo saw a courtesan in the Imperial Garden with tears streaming down her face. He inquired about the girl's name, but it turned out that the girl was named Yuan Xiao. And since she was elected to the palace, she had been living in the palace, isolated from the world, and she missed her parents. So she was sad and she was in tears. Dong Fang Shuo asked about the situation. Then he had a plan. And so he went to the streets of Chang'an to sell gossip and threatened to say that the fire god would burn Chang'an city. Very strange. As people... Uh, Panicked, Emperor Wu rushed and asked Dongfangshuo for a solution. He offered the people in the capital uh, a solution and said that they needed to hang red lanterns on the streets, alleys, courtyards, and houses, pretending to be um, full of blazing fires so as to deceive the fire god that the city had already been burning. He also said that the fire god's favorite food is a special kind of dumpling, something that the girl, Yuan Xiao, is good at making. So... That day, the whole Chang'an city is decorated with red lanterns, and Yuan Shao made a lot of her speciality food to serve the fire god. And so in this way, the fire god did not send disastrous things to Yuan Shao, and uh, she was able to be reunited with her family. And in memory of her, the special round-shaped dumplings were named after Yuan Shao. These stories to me are quite incredible, and they're, they're quite strange. Sometimes difficult for me to to sort of get a grasp of the meaning of them. Um, And I think probably because, you know, Chinese and so foreign to a lot of the stories that I've heard growing up. But then when I I know when I've tried to explain some of the traditional Christian holiday stories, they're also equally bizarre. So uh, yeah, but that's one of the most famous stories.
2: I have to admit and I feel a little bit embarrassed that as a Chinese person, I don't know these stories and these are the things that I learn on the show and from you guys and I think um, you know that's also one of the perks of being on this job. Every day you're learning something new.
0: Yeah. Although the stories are quite, uh, you know, fantastical, both of these, it is sure that the origins of Lantern Festival or Yuanxiao Festival are related to, you know, ancient humanity's use of fire to celebrate festivals and, you know, avert disaster. So, since Lantern Festival involves making offerings to the deities and is celebrated at night. It is natural that you know fire would play an important role, and red and red lanterns. So over time, lantern festival gradually um, evolved into its present form.
2: All right, and one more thing that is attached to this festival is apparently it is also the Chinese Valentine's Day. <laughs> and for all of you who have a Valentine to hug out there do that now and you should for a very good reason you know this day you must remember this year you know and i'll say no more tell us about um you know what it used to entail as the chinese valentine's day back in ancient china when young men and women didn't used to have the opportunity to mangle like we do today in modern times
0: Hmm. Yeah. So, um, in the old times, young girls were usually not allowed to go out. The festival was a good chance for girls going out in the evening to, you know, actually having fun, hun- hang out, and f- maybe find love when you know watching lanterns. And it was also a good day for lovers to meet. But now it has no such meanings in most part of China. And actually, uh, what I found is that nowadays, more and more days or dates are being considered as Valentine's Day. You know, basically all dates, numbers that can express affection are becoming associated with Valentine's Day. You know, for example, 520 or 521 for Chinese, just because it sounds like I love you in Chinese. And um, even every 14th day of each month are considered you know, as different colored Valentine's Day. But anyway, <laughs> just, just how people celebrate Valentine's Day is, um, you know, kind of cute, but uh, maybe too yeah. many. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, I sense that maybe for those of you who have a Valentine to hug, then yes, You know, just bear in mind that you found someone. That's, in my opinion, you know, a great gift already. Anyway, it might be a little bit of a burden for some people that you feel, oh, you know, it's a ritual. I probably need to follow it and honor it and spend some extra cash. And I don't always feel like doing so. But anyhow, I feel the pressure of that. But for other people, I guess all right, it's just Lantern Festival for me then mm. this year. And what are some of the traditional customs associated with the Lantern Festival? And Josh, you've been doing this for some time, so I'm going to do a quick quiz on you. Give me some answers.
1: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I, of course, the first thing that comes to mind, which is something is the lanterns, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that Lanterns are definitely the central symbol of this festival. And there are lanterns that will be hung everywhere. In in households, um, you'll see them in shopping malls uh, and on the streets in some areas. Um, And also children can take small lanterns to play outside with. And then in the evening, in certain areas, there are lantern shows and parades. So you you will probably be able to find one of these uh, shows somewhere where you are in China, right? Um, And so... The lanterns are usually shaped, they can be shaped in all sorts of things. I've seen some really interesting pictures online. They Mm -hmm. can be like animals, flowers, people, buildings, and almost anything really. Um, And also popular lanterns are those with the particular zodiac symbol of that year, right? For example, 2022 was the year of the tiger. So you could see lanterns shaped as the tiger. And this year,
2: it's got to be dragons. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Chinese dragons. Yes. The lung. <laughs> yeah.
2: Which is quite difficult to make, in my opinion, but it's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of a challenge, but it's a really auspicious symbol in our Chinese culture, so... I guess those manufacturers who are coming up with all these uh, different kinds of ornaments and lanterns, then this is good for business. And also, yeah, we're gonna see lots of people uh, on the streets and uh, or celebrating at home. And it is indeed a very festive period. And yes, and also this festival is good for guessing riddles and prove that you're smart, I suppose. What is this about?
0: Yes. You know, many places. Well also hold uh, traditional celebration events such as temple fairs, lantern shows, and also riddle guessing activities. In this case, both adults and children can participate and enjoy activities like, you know, solving the lantern riddles, which is also one of my favorite activities of lantern festival. Yes, because um, I remember in my childhood, our primary school will hold activities like this and they will hand up so many lanterns and riddles Ah. in it, in the lanterns. Uh, in the uh, little square of uh, among our teaching building. So everybody will go to the square and guess out all of these riddles. And you know, you can pick the riddle and um, collect all of these answers to exchange some little gifts of Lantern Festival. And I think meanwhile, you can prove that how smart you are and you can get some gifts. So I think, yeah, it is really a good activity for both adults and children to enjoy this festive season.
2: Yeah, I guess just I I never get the right answer and not a very good light to put on myself. But Josh, one thing I was a little surprised when I went to the UK everybody's so into quizzes you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you see those quiz yeah. shows on TV uh, you know every bar has a quiz night and people yeah. like doing Sudoku's and those kind of things so potentially I think you know all this riddle guessing could fly in the UK but you need to have really good oh, ones and that's kind of hard I think mm. <laughs> Just a sudden revelation. (laughs) And one more thing that's associated with the Lantern Festival is the appreciation of the full moon. And in our Chinese culture, it does not involve well wolves or (laughs) anything kind of scary like that.
0: Uh, Yes, the Lantern Festival is, as I said before, is the first full moon night of the year. Um, it is also symbolizing reunion harmony in Chinese culture, and at this time of year, people gather to enjoy the moon and express their good wishes for family reunion. But um, above that, what was always amazing to me is, you know, the wisdom of the ancient people. You know, the traditional calendar can always accurately calculate the phase of the moon and tell people which date is the full moon. So. Yeah, um, I think aside from you know just appreciating the full moon, it is just you know amazing to see um, how clever and how accurate these you know traditional calendar can be.
2: Mm, indeed, and Josh, I wonder if in your culture is there a similar kind of emotional attachment to the full moon? Because um, here we think of oh, you know the shape of the full moon is round and we imagine that our family is together, maybe on a round table or, you know, just the the smooth circle. It's like another really auspicious um, symbolism that is taken up by the Chinese people. So just curious about your thoughts.
1: Yeah, well, certainly anything related when it comes to dates and festivals and things like this are I, I think that it's we, we have less festivals grounded in the calendar although certainly this idea of Easter spring um, and and uh, bringing in um, you know things at this time of year are are, are apparent and we see those um, in things like spring equinox celebrations so this is also known as the vernal equinox and this marks the beginning of spring in the northern hemisphere Um, and many many cultures uh, in the northern hemisphere celebrate this as like an astronomical event um, with feasts and rituals and um, I I think that at this point it's become a little bit blurred and we have a lot of mix between very traditional Christian celebrations um, and also ancient Roman celebrations Mm -hmm. uh, like the festival of Hilaria and also Celtic celebrations and really what it's come to be is something to do with Easter and welcoming in um, things like egg baskets, things to do with food, and yes, also to do with the moon. Um, and given that the moon is gonna sort of welcome in this idea of more fertility so it's associated with flowers as well, warmer weather, um things starting to become warmer yeah. so so yeah, it's not as specific and so I always get a little bit confused when in in China knowing when these festivals actually fall even Chinese New Year still confuses me sometimes every year um, when exactly it is or when it's going to be yeah I ask this question every year when when is Chinese New Year next year and I always get an answer that I don't understand
0: we ask that as well actually
2: yeah you just have to <laughs> look I, up so the that internet confuses
1: me so much <laughs> yeah
2: yeah um, one more thing and I suppose for a lot of uh, food lovers out there like myself. And if you just read the Chinese, it's Yuan Xiao Jie, and that is associated with Yuan Xiao, which is the great delicacy of this day. And Yu Shun, introduce to our listeners, you know, not everybody's familiar with what a Yuanxiao is, and um, tell us about its taste.
0: Hmm. So besides the name of this festival, Yuan Xiao is also an in- indispensable food which is symbolizing the unity of the family and the round shape of Yuan Xiao symbolizes the family circle and eating Yuan Xiao symbolizes the hope for family reunions. So, um, the way people make Yuan Xiao also varies between, uh, North and Southern China, but mostly in Southern China, people call it Tang Yuan, which are also in, you know, round or sphere shape, um, but they just. They, are, they taste differently, and uh, people made them differently. Um, so for yuanxiao, it is kind of a sweet rice flour in, um, and glutinous balls with fillings. In northern China, sweet or non-meat uh, stuffing is the usual ingredient of yuanxiao. So the fillings are pressed into hardened cores. Dipped lightly in water and rolled in a flat basket containing dry glutinous rice flour, so it, it's like rolling a snowball until mm. the uh, you know this little rice ball or mm-hmm. yeah yes, rice ball is. is 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 becoming the desired size. Right. But in southern part of China, people make. Uh, it's more like it's also sticky and glutinous balls but it has feelings but the way people make it is more likely people make dumplings it has a wrap and people will f- uh, fill some fillings into it and mostly it can be meat and a sesame and um other uh, sweet and sour or uh Savory taste Mm. feelings.
2: Oh, yeah. And um, what explains the difference in taste? uh, I can just go a little bit further in talking about that. Um, With the yuanxiao, which I am personally not a big fan of. Mm. Why? Because the filling is small. And simply Mm. the reason of that is in making the yuanxiao as Yushun, you mentioned earlier, you got to roll it. And therefore, you roll it so many times, and then the coating just becomes bigger and bigger and thicker. But I, for one, enjoyed the filling more. Mm. And because the filling is the part that's actually got taste, in my opinion, in my mm. humble opinion. So therefore, with the southern version of this, the tangyuan, the filling is usually quite a bit bigger Mm. and um for the reason that it's being wrapped together and also there are more flavors Mm. and i just find a ginormous meatball in the middle and after you cooking it there's juice splurting out wow i I kind of like that (laughs) josh i wonder what's your (laughs) taste (laughs) <laughs> when it comes to these very special, festive, glutinous balls with villains on this particular day?
1: Well, I'll be honest with you, He I always try my best to be honest and I, they they don't appeal to me at all. I think anything glutinous, I think that's probably one of the, the main textures that is, is quite alien to the Western mm. palate. I don't think we we don't have so many glutinous things, and um, so when I when I first came to China six years ago, and I there was a lot of glutinous stuff um, that I was being uh, very kindly offered at these festivals. They just it just didn't sit right with me, and I also Describe I don't really it to have me. a sweet.
2: Yeah, like what's <laughs> it's wrong just with too,
1: it? Too gooey. Gooey. <laughs> what I about don't jello? Know.
2: Like you guys There's when you're nothing, growing up?
1: No, you... that's that's not. I, I would say that's more just like juice. I don't know. No, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it at <laughs> mm. all. But f- first of all, I don't have a sweet tooth. I don't eat sweet things. And the other thing is, is that I don't eat red meat. So um, mm. so there's not a lot of Tang Yuan that oh. I really want to eat.
2: All right. So there is a premium version of the savory seafood type of Tang Yuan. That is, it's Xie Huang filling. And <laughs> I suppose that's crab—a female crab's egg. That's what it's made of. And um, I guess it might be a little bit of an acquired taste. Um, Josh, can I interest you with some of that crab egg filling?
1: Um, I mean, I'd eat it, <laughs> uh, but it doesn't—it doesn't sound like anything that I, I want to order from a menu for sure. All right. Yeah. Okay,
2: if I'm, you know, just trying to push the economic side of things onto the yeah, argument. No,
1: no, no. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I you know, try it for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah. Cause for crab egg, not many crabs produce that, you know? So it's <laughs> it's um yeah, the premium version, but probably doesn't uh isn't something that Josh would order himself. But for me, yeah. definitely, um this is one of the things that I really like about the fillings and yes, and this year in Chinese cities we're gonna see modern celebrations of this day. And what does that entail?
0: Yeah, that really sounds amazing. Some new technologies allow modern people to actually light up the sky with digital fireworks. For example, in Beijing this year, the city may use well-used 5G AR and 3D display screens to actually show electronic fireworks and also in Nancha district in Guangzhou which in southern China there will be 1,000 drones along with fireworks to precisely and artistically you know light up the sky and um, you know imagine with all of these drones flying in the sky making different shapes maybe Chinese dragons, hmm. it, was, it will be just amazing.
2: Oh, right. And I like the idea of digital fireworks because mm. it's far better for our environment. You know, no air pollution after, you know, the brilliant sight, And I'm all for that.